Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everybody. This is Brandy. And this is Angelina. And welcome to another episode of Talk 40 to Me. Welcome back. We are happy to have you guys here. And today we are diving into a full conversation about connection and relationships. And our guest today is Kelly Lockhart DeLon. She is a licensed social worker, New Orleans-based therapist and relationship therapist. She works with individuals and couples to heal their relationships with themselves and others. Kelly is the director and founder of a group practice, Modern Therapy and Wellness, she received a bachelor's degree in psychology from Louisiana State University, go Tigers, and a master's degree in social work from Tulane University. She has been a clinician for 17 years and is passionate about relational wellness. Kelly, welcome to Talk 40 to me. Welcome. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. So happy. Uh, Kelly and I met through New Orleans Mom. Mm-hmm. And so we've known each other for some time now. And when Brandy and I started the podcast and then Kelly and I met, I thought you would just be perfect to bring on and and have these discussions about making connections because we've kind of touched on some some of the topics um, that we're going to ask you today. And But I think you could really expand on that. First, though, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. Yeah. Like you said, I've been in the field as a therapist for 17 years, and I started off working with individuals, working with people who had been through trauma, working with people who had been through addiction. Those were earlier on, those were my specialty areas. And what I found is that people kept showing up in my office wanting to talk about their relationships talking about boundaries, talking about things that they wanted to look better in their relationships. And a couples therapist is a very different type of therapist than an individual therapist. It's specialized. So I went and got a specialty in relationships so that I could teach people communication skills. I went and got a specialty in the Gottman method. John Gottman is a well-known psychologist who's done lots of research with couples and his focus is very solution-oriented, very skill-based. And so I started using that with couples. I might add that in my own personal experience with couples therapy, my husband, who is now a counselor, he's an LPC, and we've been together for I don't know, I lose track, but it's 20 years, something like that. But he is in recovery from addiction. And when he got sober, we did our own couples therapy and I had that lived experience and it was life-changing. Thank you for sharing that. I think so many of us have probably experienced something similar or have had a period in our relationship where we're like, things just aren't like clicking together. Oftentimes you just sort of need like a little tune up and just to like kind of get your communication in check and just kind of resync emotionally with your partner. 
Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Brandy, that's a really good point. Some people come into couples therapy because they need to rebuild their relationship and do really hard work. Right. And other people come in because they just want to work on connection or they want to have a safe space to process all of life's stressors, or they're so busy that they're not having the conversations or the communication that they need to be having. So it's not always a crisis. In fact, I find that people are coming in more and more as a way to be proactive. Yeah. I mean, so often we think that, okay, well, if I do this, it's going to get better. And if I do this, it's going to get better. And finding that courage, I think is like the biggest piece, finding the courage to share that need with your partner and, and having your partner be open to taking that step forward. It's not an easy journey by any means of the imagination, like having to like talk about, you know, these challenges and in a therapy session. But I do think that more and more people are coming forward that it has been so helpful for them personally, either as an individual or with relationships. Um, So I love that we're talking about this because one of the reasons why we wanted to start Talk 40 and and a lot of our listeners who have been with us long-term have heard this many on many occasions is that we want to break down stigmas that these things are normal, that it's okay to feel this way and it's okay to want to, you know, do something like going to therapy and it's okay to talk to your partner about that and finding that courage to take that step forward. Yeah, definitely. I I love that you're saying that because one of the things that I often say to couples is that everyone has conflict. It's, it's normal, right? Like it's normal. I mean, can you, can't, can you think of one couple or relationship where there's no conflict? That would be abnormal, right? So what generally what I'm working on with people is navigating conflict in a different way, not stopping conflict altogether, because that's not, that's not going to happen. It's just about the way that we work through it, the way that we navigate conflict, the way that we talk to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And thank you so much for for sharing that story about your husband too, not to digress, but it's amazing how he's taken his journey and turned it into a way of helping other people. So that's such an incredible share. And thank you for sharing that. To take a little bit of a step back, can you help us understand what inspired you to study psychology and kind of get into this field of interest? Sure. I'll go way back. (laughs) I loved my psychology class, believe it or not, in, in high school. I think I knew when I took my first psychology class that was offered in high school, I was always interested in the human brain and I was just fascinated by it, fascinated learning about humans, learning about their brains, learning about behaviors and the way that they think. I also think that inherently I've always been highly empathetic and intuitive. So I have a natural ability with like connecting with others. So that was always there. In fact, I would, I made the choice to get my master's in social work versus getting going into psychology because I wanted more of a direct approach with clients versus research at the time. But yeah, I wanted to connect with people. Mm -hmm. 
That's impressive because I think you have to be extremely empathetic, right? To be in this this kind of role. Mm-hmm. How and I guess maybe that's why it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it because this is this is you at your core and what you do best. So how do you handle listening to patients all day and then turn around and give mental energy to your spouse and your children? Yeah, I love this question. I think number one, it's a skill that I've developed through the years. It's actually, it's called containment. And it's sort of the ability to put things into a container. So it's, it's about boundaries. We're really having a conversation about boundaries in a way, right? Because it's that separation between work and home. So I work with my clients and I work with their relationships and I'm really present in what's happening with them. But when I turn the computer off at the end of the day or walk into my kitchen at the end of the day, I'm in a different space, sort of like visually, I close the door to that and leave it in this container. And I know that I can come back to that next week or tomorrow. I can pick it back up. I so also that, that's something we can use, right? Containment. We could all probably learn from that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think containment skills are good for all of our relationships, our relationships with our kids, our relationships with our spouses. I, I also want to add that I've had to work really hard on self-care. And I, I think that's true for anybody who's in a helping profession. It's true for most of us, but if you're doing work that's particularly requires for you to be really, really present with other humans, it can be draining. So one of the things, for example, that I do is I take a half day on Friday. (laughs) And that allows me to be really present with my kids. And it's something that I can look forward to if I'm in the trenches all week. I also exercise five days a week. And so the way that I take care of myself makes a big difference. Love that. It's sort of like when you're on a plane, I know we use this analogy a lot, like other people do, like you have to put your own mask on before you put your kid's mask on. Totally. Yeah. And we all have a hard time with that, right? Like it's, there's so much guilt. I mean, I have a hard time telling anybody no. And you know, you hear conflicting things to like the year of yes, say yes to everything and see how fulfilled you'll feel. And then you have people who say, it's okay to say no. And Angel, we need to do a reel about that. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. 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 Like that's like, a really like, good like all point. this conflicting information. Or I, lean in. We went from like lean in, lean in to everything to, you know, start to say no. And I think right. maybe as moms, we're like, oh yeah. And women, I think as women, we want to please people. Yeah. I, I love that. Like- I think that's a really good point because when I was thinking about that question, Brandy, one of the things I was thinking about is I actually try to make my weekends where there aren't a lot of obligations. And you have a good point. Like it's hard to say no to the things for your kids or all of the activities that are going on, all the so- social things, right? Yeah. I know. I had that con- just had the conversation with my husband recently. Halloween weekend, we had three parties, three separate invitations on top of extracurricular for the kids, plus high school football game, all these things. It's a really busy time. Wanna, it's like, who do I let down? Who do I disappoint? And my husband said, well, maybe we just don't do any of it. Like typical guy, he was just like, I just won't go to anything. Oh, and you see, 
I mean, Angelina has a very robust social life compared to me. And I'm like, oh, three parties. <laughs> I, would love to, I would love to be invited to three parties. Let's go. <laughs> it's hard to but find the balance now. though, right? Absolutely. So hard. so hard. And my husband recently had a conversation with me. He's like, you take on too much. Like you're stressed and you're working until like midnight and you're tired and you don't have time to work. You know, like he knows that working out is important to me for my health. Like, so he's like, you don't have time to do the things that are, that are important to you, like working out or something for the kids or whatever. And cause I like, just, I'm always like, have this fear of like disappointing someone that, oh, if somebody's asking me to do something, well, I'm honored in a way that I've been asked to do something. So therefore I don't want to say no, because to me, it's like, I don't know, it's just, it makes me feel special that I was asked to do something. So that's, gosh, I think I'm sure all of us can relate in some different way of saying, you know, the yes game or the no game or whatever that is. With yeah, that, is, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. This is a, like, it's a conversation about boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and we do have I that question for you. Y'all do have that question for me. Yeah, and I think, yeah. I think this kind of leads into that. Yeah. Yes. So with that, we have some questions for you. I think these are fun because then we kind of like dive into like different questions that our audience may have or that friends have shared with us. Sure. So Angelina, do you want to do the honors of the first one? Sure. So we wanted to really hone in on your specialty here. And I know everybody has disagreements with their partner, right? So if we're having a disagreement, and we're trying to work it out, but we don't agree with their perspective. Like you just can't see their side of things, but you want to make it better. How do we move forward and still like listen, but stop the fight, if that makes sense? It makes complete sense. And it actually comes up in my sessions all of the time. And there's a multi-layered answer, <laughs> but I'll start. So when we're having a conversation with our partners, if you think about it, and they are saying something that we don't agree with, in that moment, we're having feelings, right? More than likely, we're having feelings that are coming up. We might be feeling frustrated. We might be feeling aggravated. We might be feeling sad. We might be feeling worried. And the challenge is for us to regulate our own emotions instead of reacting, right? I mean, this is, I think this is where couples get tangled up is we can tend to just react defensively to our partners when we don't like something that they're saying rather than regulating our own emotions, listening to them. And there are skills that you can use to help with that, I mean, one of them is to really focus, to be intentional about focusing on listening to understand what it is that they are saying to you, rather than listening to respond. Lots of times we're listening to respond. Does that make sense? Guilty. Totally. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Most of us are. Most you're like thinking are. about what you want to say next. Yes. Yeah. You're thinking about what you what you want to say next. Exactly. My seven-year-old does a really great job of that. Oh, I mean, so yes, my. all children do. <laughs> Generally. Yeah. I often say like we're all sort of large children. 
Yeah, <laughs> we are. But I, I think actually practicing the skill of summarizing is helpful. So if you're listening to your partner and you're struggling, just focusing on, okay, what is he trying to tell me right now? Or what is she trying to tell me right now? And then when they're done, saying back to them, okay, what I heard you say is you didn't like that I, you felt like I yelled this morning. Did I, am I getting that right? My husband does that on me and it kind of irritates me sometimes. Ooh. <laughs> See, my, my boss does, I'd love to hear. My boss will do that and I actually no. like it because he'll yes. say like, what I'm hearing you say is. Mm-hmm. Yes. repeat back. Is that what, is that what he does mm-hmm. with you? Well, yes, I love it in business. Mm-hmm. Like, but not in we're getting clarity. I get it. It's <laughs> needed. It's something to like, sort of take the emotion out and to say, this is what I heard. Am I hearing this correctly? But then sometimes I'm like, are you trying to psychoanalyze me? Or are we being more like formal, like business mm-hmm. speak here? And, you know, when you're like trying to be right. So it feels like it lacks emotion for you. Yeah. Interesting. But I do a pre, like it, it depends on the moment. Like sometimes it bugs me, but like, it also helps to add clarity. I get it. I very much appreciate it in a business sense, Mm -hmm. but. Mm -hmm. So just for example, if I was in couples therapy with someone who said that, what I would say is that's really helpful information. I mean, right? Like wh- how, how would you prefer that your partner respond to you in that moment? What works for you? Right? Yeah. I mean, have a dialogue about it. So yeah, that, and then tell him, I would yeah. prefer if you did. Here's what I would like you this. to do in this situation. That doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't have a better solution here, but yeah. <laughs> She doesn't well, know you what she wants. And, and so, <laughs> but she doesn't yeah. want that. <laughs> doesn't want that. No, it's right. just that sometimes you just need to overcome your ego, right? It's like, keep putting my own ego in check. Like, I don't mm. want you saying this because I'm trying to win an argument in a way. So you're trying to add clarity. You're trying to get like, like but I'm mad. tone down the emotion. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, no, 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 no. But honestly, we have had this conversation and, and I'm like, no, that's, that's not what I'm saying. And he's like, that might not be what you're saying, but this is what I heard, or that might that's not be important. what you mean. And this is what I'm hearing. And so it, then you kind of revise. Yeah. It's interesting how often people misinterpret what is happening with their partners. I often use the example years ago. I remember that sometimes when I am stressed out, I will sigh. So like, let's say I'm like cleaning the counter or doing the dishes and I kind of, I'm thinking about something and I sigh. (laughs) And I remember my partner saying to me, what, what did I do? (laughs) And I'm like, you didn't do anything. I I was just anxious. (laughs) Anyway, we were able to get through that by him explaining to me that he was misinterpreting my sigh, right? That when I sigh, he thought I was sighing at him. And I wasn't, I was sighing because I was thinking about all the math homework that I had to do with my child. You know, interesting. Have you watched the Brene Brown yeah, my husband does episode that. on, no, on Netflix? 
Oh, you know, I haven't. And I really want to. I'm glad you brought that up. I haven't. It's so good. And she talks about this situation where she and her husband went for a swim, like in a lake. And Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, we're going to like go swimming together. And I guess they were both competitive swimmers. And she said every time she got close to him, like he kept going. And so she got to the end and he's like, what's wrong? And she said Mm -hmm. that like, she told him the story in my head is this. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that you are not attracted to me. And I'm not the same, like, I don't have the same physique I had when we were in college and you didn't want to be with me and all of these things. And he's like, no, I was having a panic attack. He's like, all I kept (laughs) thinking about was this, this, and this. And she said, and so Garrett and I both watched it and we're like, that's such an interesting perspective on the story I'm telling myself. And is this the reality or am I just, is just this the way I'm feeling? Right. Very different than what she was thinking. So on to the next question. You often talk about love languages and we often give our love language, but how do we focus on giving people who matter to us their love languages? I don't think it necessarily has to be our partner specifically, but anyone like that would maybe we're close to. Sure. I love this question. Yeah, because often it comes up in my sessions where let's say one partner gives acts of service and the other partner really wants words of affirmation. And this can cause conflict, right? Because partner A is saying, hey, like I brought you a coffee yesterday (laughs) or I did the dishes. And partner B is like, I really want you to tell me that you love me more or I really want you to give me compliments. And what I often say to people is instead of looking at this as a complaint, look at it as a request, see it as a request, see it as your partner saying to you, I want to be closer to you. I, right. I want to connect with you. And these are the things that work for me. I think sometimes that's hard for people because they want to do it their way. That's a that's really hard. good, that's a good point. I was thinking about Nate Bergatzi, the comedian. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was talking about a silly argument with his wife. And he just said, you know, we've been together for so long. He's like, it was so silly, but he said, I almost woke up in the middle of the night because I had another point to make. And I'm at the point in my relationship where I'm like, I'm going to win this argument. I got to win at least one. We're going to die together. (laughs) I have to, he's like, I have to win. And it was just over the most ridiculous thing, but it's funny, but it's so true. Like when you get to these certain points, I guess, in your relationship, it's like, we, I guess maybe we don't back down as easily when we've been together longer or. I think that's like, a that's a really negative cycle to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That comes up a lot. Do you want to, I'm sure y'all heard that saying, like, do you want to win or do you want to be in a relationship? Right. If you're right. If you're right. winning your relationship probably isn't winning. A lot of times when couples come into couples therapy, I say that you're not my client and you're not my client. Your relationship is my client, right? So while this might work for you, it's not, that's not working for your relationship, right? Right. On the same topic, 
with love languages, I wanted to share something else that I find really helpful. It's in the same realm. It's something that researcher and psychologist John Gottman talks about a lot. It's bids for connection. A bid for connection is essentially any statement or gesture or action that your partner makes towards you. And lots of times we can miss these bids for connection. So for example, if your partner gets your oral change in your car or brings you a coffee, those are bids for connection. Those are ways that your partner is saying to you, I love you. I care about you. I want to be closer to you. Or if your partner asks you to watch, you know, a show on Netflix or to go for a walk, those are all bids for connection. And so one of the things that comes up in my sessions a lot is just the idea that we can miss them. We can miss those. They're small, right? And so we can miss them. And so thinking about, do you notice your partner's bids for connection? And do you move towards your partner? Or are you missing the bids? Are you moving away from them? That's so good. Let me let me tell you. <laughs> My husband just got home from being out of nugget. town. It is a good nugget because it's a reminder of something that literally just happened, which is oh. I texted him and I said, hey, um, I don't have time to cook. I'm in back-to-back meetings today. And if you decide to grab lunch, can you get me something? And he said, Hey, I was thinking about getting, you know, whatever he was thinking about getting. And he's like, but if you want, I'll get me casino, which is like my favorite Mexican here. And it's like my favorite Texan mm. here in Dallas. If you ever come to Dallas, you got to go to me casino. <laughs> Just saying. That's your love language. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he, I didn't respond to him because I've been in meetings and like wrapping up stuff. And he's like, so but how sweet. what do you think? And so what happened? He walked in with me casino. Just now. Oh, but I would have nice. been like, Hey dude, thanks. Yeah. Kelly's getting ahead of it with me telling me like, I need to, I need to show some greater appreciation for that effort. No, acknowledge it. Yes. You know, um, I will share on this, on this topic. Yeah. My, my husband and I, um, I think have, have incorporated the word bids into our relationship probably just because of the work that I do and hears me talking about it, right? That's part of it. But one night I must have made a bid towards him for connection and he missed it. And the next day he sent me a text message. He must've been at work at like nine o'clock in the morning or whatever, eight o'clock in the morning. And he sent me a text message and he said, Hey, did I miss your bid? Did I miss a bid from you last night? And I thought that was the cutest thing ever. I was like, yeah, you did. <laughs> but, you know, he noticed, right? That's cool that he recognized that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's really good. My spouse often does not. I have to. But know. I think the reason he recognized it, and that's what I'm sharing, is because it's it's part of the late, it's part of our, we dialogue about it, mm-hmm. right? Like we've had some dialogue about it. One of the things that I think couples, because we're so busy, right? Like all of us are so busy, momming or working or, you know, all the things. 
couples don't dialogue enough about these kinds of things. And I think it's really helpful. Sometimes when people come into couples therapy, it's like the first time that they're having these conversations. And if you think about it, people could be having these conversations on their own. That's a really totally. good point. Like a check-in, you know, on a Sunday morning while you, <laughs> while you drink your coffee, like, how are we doing? How am I doing? You know, how are we doing uh -huh. together? Is there anything? What's going well? What's not going well? Yeah, that's one of the things I encourage people to do. It's just like, have, have check-ins. And so how do you not get in an argument if they say something that you're not doing well and then you get annoyed? I think you have to be intentional about being open to accepting feedback, right? Okay, so let's say that they say, well, I'm really aggravated. I've been really frustrated that you're leaving clothes on the floor. You know, one of the things that I talk to couples about a lot and I do in my own life, and it's not easy, um, is taking responsibility and just moving on, right? Like just saying, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I've been really busy and leaving clothes on the floor in our room every day. I will work on that. Boop. Okay. Next. That's No, that's good. I like, like that feedback. I love that you said you're boundary expert. So I think this is something that many of us struggle with. And for women, I think a lot of times we feel like we're being harsh or mean. So if we know we have a relationship, be it with our partner or someone else in our lives, what is your advice for setting boundaries and, and sticking with them and navigating that territory? Yeah. You're right. I think boundaries are particularly difficult for, for women. Many of us grew up being people pleasers. I think it requires a shift in your brain about what boundaries are. Lots of people think that boundaries are being mean or being harsh, but we need to actually look at them as protecting our relationships right? So the shift is, if we have good boundaries, it means that we're not going to build up resentment. If we share, if we honor our truth, right? And we share our feelings with other people, then it's actually more likely that our relationships will not be filled with resentment and frustration. I mean, that's, that's one angle. Setting boundaries does require sitting with discomfort. It's uncomfortable. It's like kind of like building a new muscle, right? Telling someone no, for example. It's, if you're not used to telling people no, and you're not used to disappointing people, initially it's going to feel uncomfortable, but it's kind of like building a new muscle. The more that you do it, the more natural that it becomes. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I can attest to that. So I've had that, you know, in my life where I've had to implement that. And it's, you put it off and it's hard a long time. But once you really make that your, you establish that boundary, right? And you continue to do it and do it and do it. Eventually it works. It works. But it's, but it's really hard. Yeah. It becomes more of a norm. And are you talking specifically, Angelina, about saying no, 
And yeah, saying no or just, you know, a boundary that you may need in your life. If it's a toxic, you know, relationship or something like that where you just need some space. Or... Well, yeah, well, you know, it's not good for your mental health and you have to, you know, establish how you are treated and how you are respected, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's really challenging. And lots of people have those challenges come up. I mean, like you said, in with our families or even or our friends, not necessarily just our partners. Yeah. And I think it requires first identifying your feelings and identifying the need. Like what what is the need? What do I need around this? As the holidays come up, boundaries become a pretty big issue for lots of families, lots of people. You know, one of the things that comes up a lot is stuff with in-laws and <laughs> pleasing everybody and, oh, I'm traveling to my in-laws and they want us to stay in the house with us, but we want to stay in a hotel, right? Like those kinds of things come up a lot. And so in those scenarios, I encourage people to really get clear with themselves first about what their need is and why that need is important to them. And then to work on practicing expressing this to the other person and following it up with self-care. Because usually after you have a conversation like that, if it doesn't go well, it's hard. How do you have a conversation with boundaries with family for examples like that? I mean, I'm sure that's a pretty loaded question and so many variables to consider. But just for starters, like, is there are there any tips that you might have for people navigating some of those challenges? Yeah, I think doing some of the work that I explained, like doing the internal work first is part of it. I think also reflecting on whether having a conversation with this particular family member is a safe conversation to have, right? You have to think about that. Um, because some family members are incredibly reactive and some family members are safe, safer than others. So I do encourage people to kind of give that some thought, give it some thought. Is it going to be better if I speak to your mother about this, or is it going to be better if you speak to your mother about this, right? <laughs> or do we want to do this together? What's going to be the best scenario, especially if the person that you're speaking to is reactive? Don't be impulsive give it some thought. So that would be one of my tips. And my other tip would be to be prepared, right? To know what you're going to say, be clear. I think it's Brene Brown who says clear is kind. Be clear about what it is that you want and need. Try not to over explain yourself. We are coming in for the holidays. We are really excited to see you guys we know that you want us to stay with you. We understand that. But we have made the decision that we are going to stay in a hotel because that's what works best for us. What do you do when you're not, like when the question comes up and you're not prepared to like, things are kind of up in the air and you don't that. have- to get ambushed. <laughs> I love this. I love this question because people actually forget that you do not have to answer people on the spot. You don't, you don't have to. You can always say, give me some time to think about that. 
right? That's, a, like, that's such a good point because you just feel like, oh, God, I have to answer right now. I need to give them an answer. And you know what, Angelina? That often is why lots of people say yes when they mean no because they don't have the time to think about it or they're put on the spot, right? And it's just you're reacting impulsively. Like, oh, shoot, I have to, okay, sure, yes, we'll come tomorrow, <laughs> you know? But if you don't know or if you don't think you want to go, the better thing to do, and if you're not ready to say no, is to say, let me, let me give that some thought. You know, let me, let me talk to John or whatever <laughs> and, and, and let us talk it over and we'll, we'll get back to you in a couple of days. And then you can kind of get your ducks in a row, right? And organize yeah. your thoughts. That's like such, it seems obvious, but it's right. not to so many of us, we just don't do it. So it's solid advice. And now I think this kind of plays into, you had mentioned like boundaries, holidays, you know, that sort of thing coming up. I think it can be a tense time for a lot of people, you know, as well. So what is like the number one thing that couples continue to come to you for? Like if you had to pinpoint like something that most couples tend to fuss about. Sure. Um, I was saying this to Brandy earlier. In a general sense, the number one call that I get is for communication issues. That's the number one call. Everyone says communication issues. Mm -hmm. um, what I find is that that usually means navigating conflict. That usually means that they just need to know how to navigate conflict in a different way. Right. And that's, I think that's, it's super important. Yeah. So what do you find is the best way for us to increase that connection and communication? Sure. You know, because we're, life's crazy, right? It's so, it's so crazy. And it's so stressful. One of the things that I talk to couples a lot about that I think is really, really important is noticing when you're having a conversation with your partner, noticing if you're emotionally flooded. It's basically similar to being in fight or flight mode, right? And it requires awareness. When we get to a place where we're full of emotion, we're not productive. We're not going to be productive, right? That's when we're most likely to do what John Gottman calls the four horsemen. And they are defensiveness, criticism, stonewalling, and contempt. So we know what defense, most people know what defensiveness and criticism are. Stonewalling is shutting down, which is really common. And contempt is sarcasm, jabbing. We've all engaged in these before, right? But we are most likely to do these things when we're, when we're full of emotion. So it's important to notice when you're moving to that place. And to, what I encourage couples to do is to take a break, right? Like to say, I'm, I'm not in a good space or I'm, this is moving to like a damaging place. Let's, let's reconvene in a little while. I'm going to go take a bath or I'm going to go take a walk, right? Go do something that's like self-soothing and calm, you know, settle down and then return to the conversation. So in, in regards to communication and navigating conflict, that would be one of my biggest tips. I think you were also asking me about connection. 
-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Noticing those bids for connection from your partner, like we talked about earlier, I think is really big. I think also small acts daily, small acts daily, like just moving towards your partner in small ways really increases connection, being thoughtful, doing thoughtful things, checking in. I think all of those things, I think also like a lot of, a lot of therapists or people in the world talk about dates and dates are great, but dates are not always possible. You know, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's great to be intentional about dating, but if, if you cannot, if you have small kids or if you don't have babysitters or whatnot, micro dates, micro dates are great. And that's just like, sit on the porch together at night after your kids go to sleep or pop in and have a lunch together. Spend more time moving towards each other, essentially. Bring your partner Mexican food. Bring your partner Mexican food. Yes. Nom, nom, nom. Engage in caring. Yeah, engaging in caring acts. Another big thing that increases connection is using curiosity, which essentially means like, using open-ended questions, asking your partner like what they like, what they love, or what they, what they want more of, or asking them how they feel. Yeah, curiosity is a big connector. I am holding myself back from more questions. Oh no, I've got them. This a personal session. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we don't have to answer this, but what, what came to my mind is like, what if you've been together forever and you, you know, know everything and you, you know, everything? know everything like it's like you know we're trying to think of like for our for us like we've been together for i don't know like 25 years or something i mean since they were like their first date was our sweet 16. yeah that's how long they have been together mm -hmm. so i feel like they've been together so long i know but you assume that you know everything but you don't because we evolved we change. Yeah. I mean, we're not the same as we were when we were 16 or 20 or even 30, right? And then I guess you can just sort of take that person for granted. Like you think, yeah. We think we know everything, but we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I- What often, are you talking about? I know everything, Angelina. <laughs> it's funny um, because I often ask my husband questions about his dreams. Like, what, what are your dreams like for the next 10 years? Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't really answer me yet. I think he's, he's, he's processing that question, but at least he knows it's important to me. Right. At least he knows I care. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I like yeah. That. Like, yeah. That's so lots of times people, lots of times people are fighting about dreams and they don't realize it. Like, for example, if a couple comes in and they're fighting about money, it's usually not about money. It's often because they have different dreams. Like maybe one of them wants to save and retire. And maybe the other wants to travel. Mm. Well, hey, that's a conversation about a, a value difference. Or, you know, that hmm, we have different goals here. Well, let's talk about it. How can this be a win-win, right? That's good. That's yeah. a good nugget. <laughs> yes. That's a really good nugget. It is. I love that it really is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we love to say nuggets. We love nuggets. Yeah, I call my kids chicken nuggets sometimes. 
<laughs> Speaking of nuggets, that was very random. I'm sorry. I'm in a random kind of mood. <laughs> So random. Oh my gosh, that's um, funny. Um, I'm right, loving, I, this has been a super helpful, very helpful conversation, Kelly. I, I love all of the little tidbits and you've gave us some like really solid, actionable advice. Yes. And I love that. It's like one of my, because my, my therapist does that and that's why I keep going to her because she gives me like tangible things. Um, I love tangible. So I, that is, that yes, is it just gives you like it's yeah. something to work on or work it's with. Concrete. We want concrete, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I'd like to jump into our rapid fire, if you have time, B, to learn a little bit more about Kelly. Yes, absolutely. I do have one other question for you, um, and we can edit it out if if not. But do you do you only like do you do virtual sessions, and then are you licensed Louisiana. to only like to support people only in Louisiana, or or are you you know if anyone was interested outside of the state? Is that yeah. something that you're able to support anyone with? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I am licensed in Louisiana and I work virtually. So I see people in New Orleans and in the state of Louisiana. I can't see people outside of Louisiana. Unfortunately, I do think that the licensure boards are working on that because they're record. It's such a limitation, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as of now, I can only see people in Louisiana. Okay. Yes. yes. Cool. Well, if you're in Louisiana and interested in working with Kelly, we will have our show notes and we'll share more um, at the closing. So yes, let's move into rapid fire. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, that good job, Angel. Good job. That was my sound. Okay. Um, so rapid fire, we have some new questions that we have been asking our guests this season. Um, it's three questions. And the first one is, if you could have one superpower, what would that be? Ooh, maybe to live forever. <laughs> or just to be able to wave a magic wand and help more people. How about that? Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's sweet. I like that. Second question. What is your go-to karaoke song and why? Mm, gosh, that's hard. I really like Madonna. I like to sing Madonna like a prayer. Oh, would be good. They just said she is still the uh, best-selling female artist of all time. Really? To this, yes, to this day. She is like surpassed. She's up there with the Beatles and Michael Jackson. Amazing. Yeah, so good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Final question. What do you feel has been the most rewarding part of your current life stage and why? Oh, the 40s. I love the forties. I, the forties for me, have I'm really comfortable in my own skin. I know what I want. I know what I like. I'm not afraid to say it. I think also there were at other times in my life, I was much more in sort of a frenzy of getting things done, right? Getting my degree, mm -hmm. having children. And now I feel much more relaxed. Like it's a it's a time where I can focus more on joy. I don't know if, if you guys have experienced that, but that's well, I was a little partial. We're a little partial to the forties. You know, <laughs> partial so to the forties. Yeah. And to talk forty to me. Yes, I totally I completely agree with you. It's mm -hmm. just you 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 find more joy in the everyday things and then you're more comfortable with who you are mm -hmm. and in touch with who yourself. you surround yourself with what you yep. want mm -hmm. yeah 
Kelly, thank you so much. This has been a very helpful conversation. And I'm thinking that this will be some good information for people, especially going into the holidays to navigate relationships and communication. Well, to learn more about Kelly, please visit moderntherapyandwellness.com and on Instagram, where she has amazing nuggets uh, to share with you guys. Uh, you can hop onto your Instagram at, at connect with Kelly. That's connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T with uh, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And we'll have the links in our show notes. Kelly, this has been so much fun. I wish we could talk so much. Like we we could chat for days, I feel like. This was I know. We so could have had a two-hour podcast just picking your brain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we could. This has been so great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank Yay, you. Kelly. Thank you. All right. Until next Cheers, time. Thanks everyone Bye -bye. for joining. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk Forward to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life.